Happy New Year! Bonne année! Hakemashte omedito gozaimasu! Feliz año nuevo! Sehe bot mani batseo! And of course, Blewedin nyuizda! Extra points if you know what that last one was. Welcome to Talking Through My Hat. This is the very first episode of 2020, a new year, and according to some, a new decade. My name is David Monroe, and I'm your host. I'm also the creator of Bowler Hat Radio, an online resource for English language learning. Check it out at www.bowlerhatradio.ca. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? That's where we resolve or promise to do certain things in the coming year. Usually things like quitting smoking, getting in shape, or just being a better person. Maybe you've resolved to improve your English this year. If so, you've come to the right place. We'll talk more about making resolutions, as well as other Vancouver New Year's traditions later in the program, and I'll have some top tips on how to keep your resolution to improve your English. But first, make versus do. Make and do are two verbs in English which are actually very useful for talking about resolutions. But they can be somewhat confusing. How do we know when to use make or when to use do? Usually, we use make when we think of a product of some sort. For example, I'm going to make a cake. Do is usually when we talk about a process. For example, I'm going to do my homework. Another way to think about it for New Year's is that I'm going to make a resolution to do more exercise. In other words, I've decided or I've made up my mind and I've made a promise to myself that I will do more exercise and keep doing it throughout the year. So here is a list of some words that we can use with make. We can make a resolution. We can make a promise, a plan, a commitment. We can make more money. Don't we all want to make more money? We can make a difference. We can also make a change. And we can make the world a better place. Now here are some words that we can use with do. We can do exercise, we can do sports, we can do yoga, we can do painting, reading, writing, we can also do 15 minutes of something, for example, 15 minutes of English every day. We can do good, maybe we can do better. You can also do someone a favor. Notice that make is often used with communication words. For example, we make a phone call, we make a speech, a promise, a declaration, a presentation, or an apology. Or maybe for a really big thing, a big important situation, you can make a solemn vow. Maybe you had a little too much to drink over New Year's, and so you made a solemn vow that you would never do that again. So why not do yourself a favor and make a regular habit of tuning in to Talking Through My Hat? 
It'll do you a world of good. On January 11th, the Vancouver Shitoryu Satokai Karate Hombu Dojo had its 50th annual karate beach practice on English Bay Beach in downtown Vancouver. Ever since coming to Canada more than 50 years ago, Sensei Akira Sato has held the beach practice on the second Saturday of January. Every winter, rain or shine, sleet, snow, hail, wind, no matter what the weather, Sato-sensei has led the club in a full practice consisting of a run on the beach, followed by kicking, punching, pair work, kata, and as the grand finale, wading into the ocean waves while kicking and punching and plenty of screaming. It's a great way to build team spirit and individual spirit, as you can well imagine. I spoke to Sato-sensei about the fact that he has done this for 50 years, and I asked him about the meaning of why he does it every year. Here's my interview with him. Check it out. This year is our 50th year of the winter beach practice. We had the first one in 1971. It's quite a long time ago. I was just uh, uh, 26 years old that time, but now I am uh, 75 years old. Anyway, we got a snow day, heavy raining day, sunny day, windy day this time. So it was, uh, most time is not easy. Sometimes it was uh, nice weather, warm, but uh, it's cold water and cold wind. But everybody did quite well for past 50 years. Do you remember the very first time you did it? Yes, the first time, 1971, uh, we did including the Polar Bear Club. Members, so I didn't know about uh, very much about uh, polar bear uh, club swimming into the water in the January first. So one of the students said, uh, "Better go to uh, join together with them." So we went there, about maybe thirty people, but they had about three thousand people with bathing suits. <laughs> and we are just one of the group peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so it all mixed up. And we jumped into the water together with the Polar Bear uh, Club members. Mm -hmm. So then I f f uh, found out very cold water, comparing uh, I did in Japan, the Enoshima. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the uh, first time uh, our karate beach practice. Then next year, we spread out Polar Bear Club and uh, karate club uh, training. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, it was better, I think. Uh, did you always do it at English Bay or did you do it at another beach? I think in uh, 50 years, we did uh, maybe four or five times at the Spanish Bank. Mm -hmm. 
Then we back to the English Bay. So I can say 45 years English Bay and maybe four five times years at the Spanish bank. Okay. Um, what was the what was the coldest year that you've ever coldest been? Coldest year? I don't remember exactly what year, but uh, it was uh, minus seven, <laughs> below zero. That time uh, I was wondering uh, should uh, cancel or not. Then I went to English Bay. Then wow, so many people already there. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought uh, mm, we can make it because everybody has a good spirit and uh, moving around. So I decided to go. During the practice, maybe two two kids, maybe about ten or twelve years, started crying. Oh, sensei, I want to go home, <laughs> and uh, I don't like anymore. Continue. Can I stop? Then I thought, what can I say? Yes or no? I decided to say no. You have yeah. to go, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So they stop crying and keep going. But I end up uh, to those kids and the parents that uh, that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did uh, hard practice. Went through. So you've been doing this now every year for 50 years. Yes. Without. Yeah. Fail without missing even once. Mm. So why do you do it? Well, main reason is uh, one reason is uh, we are doing uh, every year beach practice at uh, Enoshima uh, Beach. So I basically wanted to continue in uh, in Canada too. So uh, I think uh, some uh, members didn't like it because uh, doing a crazy thing uh, with bare feet, cold sand and uh, cold water and one hour training. So it's uh, tough, but uh, that's the like second thing I concern. Our life is very, uh, it's not easy. Hard life, basically. Everybody has a problem. But this uh, practice is uh, hard training. But uh, after everybody done, get some confidence mm -hmm. and understand even after beach practice, have a cup of tea, is a big difference. Really appreciate. <laughs> so basically, I can say, Built up a strong spirit, and uh, once you get to anybody has a problem, remember this training to fight back the problem to build up a strong spirit. I think that's the most key point okay. for this practice. Sato Sensei, thank you very much. And oh, you're congratu welcome. Congratulations on 50 years. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And once again, thank you very much to Sato Sensei for that interview. For more information on karate in Vancouver, please go to their website, www.shitoryu.net. That's www.shitoryu.net. You're listening to Talking Through My Hat, a podcast by Bowler Hat Radio. 
Be sure to check out my website, www.bowerhatradio.ca, where you will find notes on today's show, as well as vocabulary and useful phrases. You can also sign up for my newsletter to get top tips to improve your English, as well as previews of upcoming episodes. Of course, not every culture celebrates New Year on the same day. January 25th of this year marked the beginning of the Lunar New Year, which is observed by many people in countries such as China, Korea, Taiwan, and Vietnam. Here in Vancouver, we have a very long and very rich history of Chinese-Canadian culture, and Chinese New Year is celebrated throughout the city with festivals, feasts, and events such as the Lion Dance. It's customary to give the greeting Gung Hei Fat Choi for the new year. Or should I say Gung Haggis Fat Choi? Yes, that's right, Gung Haggis Fat Choi. Another event that happens on January 25th is the Scottish cultural celebration of Robbie Burns Day. Gung Haggis Fat Choi was created in 1993 when a Simon Fraser University student, Todd Wong, was asked to help out with the university's annual Robbie Burns celebrations. Wong, a fifth-generation Canadian, quickly learned about Scottish-Canadian culture with its tradition of men wearing kilts, carrying swords, playing bagpipes, and eating exotic foods. In 1993, the Chinese Lunar New Year fell on January 27th, only two days away from Robbie Burns Day. Gung haggis fat choy, said Wong. I can celebrate two cultures at the same time, and thus was born the persona of Toddish McWong, with his growing appreciation of Scottish-Canadian history and culture. In 1998, Wong hosted the first Gung Haggis Fat Choi Robbie Burns Chinese New Year Dinner as a private dinner party for 16 friends. In 1999, the first public Gung Haggis Fat Choi dinner was created as a fundraiser for the Dragon Boat team. Forty people attended. Now upwards of 300 people or more are served each year. Gung Haggis Fat Choi is a cultural event originating from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The name Gung Haggis Fat Choi is a combination wordplay on Scottish and Chinese words. Haggis is a traditional Scottish food, and Gonghe Fat Choi is a traditional Cantonese greeting. The event originated to mark the timely coincidence of the Scottish cultural celebration of Robbie Burns Day with the Chinese New Year, but has come to represent a celebration of combining cultures in untraditional ways. In Vancouver, the event is characterized by music, poetry, and other performances around the city, culminating in a large banquet and party. Culinary and media personalities have come to celebrate this cultural mashup that features deep-fried haggis wontons, haggis dim sum, and haggis lettuce wrap with a glass of scotch each year. For more information about this unique Vancouver tradition that is slowly spreading around the world, go to Todd Wong's website, www.gunghaggis.com. That's www.gunghaggis.com.
haggis, H-A-G-G-I-S, dot com. Or you can go to my website, www.bowlerhatradio.ca, and follow the links for more information. Now here is today's top tip to improve your English. Listen to podcasts. Podcasts have become increasingly popular in the last two or three years. There are thousands of podcasts available on every topic. They are accessible and free. You can listen to them anywhere, anytime. That makes them an excellent language learning tool. With a podcast, you can learn English while commuting to work or to school, or while you clean the house. Use them to improve your listening skills, vocabulary, and understanding of English expressions, as well as fluency and pronunciation. Podcasts are fantastic for improving your listening skills because they are audio only. When we watch videos, we rely on visual cues to tell us the story. Podcasts boost your listening skills because you are forced to use your ears. You'll be exposed to different English accents and a range of styles of English, and you'll hear lots of English expressions. Try listening to podcasts from a wide variety of English accents, not only British, American, Canadian, or Australian, but also English spoken by non-native speakers. The more comfortable you become with different varieties of spoken English, the better your comprehension will be. One advantage to podcasts is that, unlike radio, you can pause if you didn't catch something and listen to it again. In fact, many teachers recommend you listen to the same podcast more than once. Each time you listen, you'll strengthen your skills and pick up more. Listening more than once is helpful for pronunciation skills as well. The first time we listen to something, we listen for meaning. To listen to the pronunciation of the speaker, it helps to listen to the same podcast two or three times. Each time you listen, you will get better at hearing pronunciation elements such as word stress, vowel sounds, linking, and so on. To improve your fluency, listen to a podcast for 10 minutes. Then pause the podcast and spend 10 minutes describing it out loud in as much detail as possible. Speaking out loud to yourself is an excellent way to improve your fluency. You can also record yourself. Listen to a few minutes of a podcast, repeat what you hear into your phone, and then play it back and compare it with the original. So, get into podcasts. I'm sure that once you try them, you'll love them. And if you're still wondering what languages the New Year's greetings at the top of the show were in, they were English, French, Japanese, Spanish, Korean, and Welsh. So that's it for now. For more information about today's show, please visit my website, www.bowlerhatradio.ca. You can also sign up for my newsletter, and find out more about upcoming shows, or send me an email. 
bowlerhatradio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I also offer English lessons online through my website, specializing in IELTS, CELPIP, TOEFL, TOEIC, and Cambridge exams. If you'd like to find out more about how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website and sign up for a 30-minute language checkup. Tune in and tune up your English. Thanks for listening.